And indeed, welcome to the Sages Among Us, a live broadcast on this Valentine's Day in 2024. I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Rich Crosby. Rich is a broker, owner of Crosby Real Estate, contractor and owner of Crosby Development, someone who epitomizes the role of entrepreneur in his young life and cares very much about this community that we, uh, that we share right here in Nevada County. So, Rich, welcome to the hot seat on the Sages Among Us. Thank you, Keith. That was a great introduction. Um, hello, Nevada County, and happy Valentine's Day to everybody on this rainy evening. I have to start by saying happy Valentine's Day to my wife, Kim. You better. And my daughter, Addison, and uh, Jaden, my son. I will say happy Valentine's Day to Shirley, too, who I'm sure is listening at home. So anyway, here we go. Uh, a little bit about you before we dig into uh, your whole life story. You were born in rural Washington, a town called Plains. Uh, I think you moved through the Northwest uh, with your father's job moving uh, as a child. You ended up in Grass Valley in the third grade, and you've got a great story to tell about coming into the third grade. We'll get to that in a bit. You went to Hennessy School, Lyman Gilmore, Nevada Union, right here in Grass Valley. You went off to college in Santa Cruz, but then you graduated from Sac State with a d- degree in geology, right? Geography. Geography. Yeah, we, oh, we deal yes, with I the maps, know. not with the, with the soil yeah, and the rocks. <laughs> So you ended up after college with a number of very uh, eclectic kinds of experiences. We'll talk about those. You got married to Kim. You have two kids. You ended up back here in Grass Valley in 2015 permanently, I think. Yes. Uh, You have your real estate business. You've got your contractor's license, so you do development and and you uh, fix up houses and so forth. And I know that you help others uh, in ways to find their best life in various ways. So we want to talk about all of that. But... uh, you know, and the show is absolutely about you and how you contribute to the community, but let's start by going back into the background a little more thoroughly. So, like I said, you were born in the Cascades in Leavenworth, Washington. Uh, to parents, you say, fled from the San Francisco hippie renaissance of the 70s to test their dropout turn-on philosophy in rural America. That sounds fascinating. How would that work out for you? Well, <laughs> I wasn't born when they left the San Francisco area, but uh, I was born in Leavenworth, and this is a Bavarian village up in uh, the Washington, central Washington area. Um, yeah, my, my folks, they met in San Francisco. Uh, my mom was a bona fide hippie. She uh, actually was in a commune for a period of time and uh, went through all of that, um, that process of understanding and learning how to deal in that dynamic. My father was from South Carolina, and he moved out to San Francisco uh, when he was 21. Must have been a culture shock. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you were to hear the stories that he has yeah. about that, uh, it definitely was. They met uh, through my grandfather, uh, and my grandfather and my dad's brother worked together. And so uh, they, they met that, that way and ended up going on a trip to Europe together and spent a few months uh, getting to know each other that way. And, uh, I luckily, think that was kind of de rigueur for the dropout people in the 70s, kind, wasn't kind it? Kind of yeah. was. Yeah, they, they have uh, lots of stories and pictures of their hitchhiking through Europe. And in fact, just going through some of my dad's stuff, there are the old signs that they wrote where they were hitchhiking <laughs> to try and get around. Yeah. You know, so in, every, in various languages? <laughs> well, uh, no, it was, yeah, it could have been. They, uh, every time I talk about that experience, there's always something new that comes up, and it's, it's always fun. So, so, yes, Leavenworth was a place that I was born. Uh, Plain, Washington was a, a little town right outside of that. So tell us, what, what was, what's an anecdote from your childhood there? What was it like? 
Well, uh, there was probably, you know, 40 or 50 people that lived in the little town. Uh, we were homeschooled and uh, my mom taught two days a week for art and science. And we went to another place, another person's home uh, where we had the English uh, side of th- and math side of things. And so it was just a real community. You know, we, we bartered for things. If, if somebody needed milk, uh, we had the eggs. We traded for that. I can remember fondly going and, and picking up milk uh, at the actual dairy uh, where, the, where the cows were. Um, honey, we had a big garden, um, all of that stuff. That was happening in Plain back in the, in the early 80s. Okay, well, now that sounds very idyllic, but I bet you got into mischief somewhere along the line. What did you, what, to give us a story, what mischief did you get into? Well, in, in Plain, there's not a lot to do, but I will say that uh, the bees were something that happened there. There was a lot of uh, beehives in our yep. area, and so uh, poking the beehive was something that we <laughs> tended to do. Uh, and again, guys, this is small town, so you know this was what we did for fun fun and uh there were many times that we were getting stung so. did, did you ever tip a cow no there was, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get close enough for the cows oh, okay yes so you described your parents as free-spirited people uh what did you learn from them and how are those values would you say um uh, expressed in your life today good question good question i mean caring for people i think is is the number one thing uh my folks are very loving. We, you know, growing up, my brother and I. My brother's name is Andy, by the way, and and uh, he he and I we, we had a, a very loving, uh, uh, open family life. And so, I- anytime we had something that we were dealing with, there was always time to chat about it and and get and hug it out. I mean, even to this day, the the philanthropy that my folks both share um, uh, is 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 all over the place. You know, oh, that's so. that's wonderful. So. Um, would you say that your interest in the community and doing what you you do uh, is something drawn from them as a genetic or something that you genetic. learned from them? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, if you want your parents, um, you know, take care of somebody who has a sign that says they're hungry. Yeah. By the freeway, and you they learn d- from they, that. They drop them some money. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you definitely you pull from that. You know, and so I, I can see even today. You know, and my dad. You know, he even says. Right now, you know, I want to take care of people. And um, we just recently moved him from his house into Bret Hart in downtown Grass Valley. Okay, yeah. And he's loving it there. He's, uh, he's really um, getting more involved with a community again, having been more in the rural. And so that care that I can see that he has for people, uh, it, it really shows. So after leaving Plain, Washington, you moved a lot following your dad's career, I think. Uh, He was an electrician building gold mines, you said. But did that relocating, was that a good experience where you had adventures and found new things, or was it kind of disruptive to your life? My mom is very creative, and she never, ever made it feel like there was some chore or that we were lacking. We lived in a 12-foot trailer for six months in, in Colorado. 12-foot? It was small. Very small. Yes. And we had bikes and we had blocks. I mean, one of our uh, best memories from that time as a homeschool was we made a block city inside the trailer on the table. And it was, you know, it was big for, I mean, we were three and five, but it was big at the time for us. And then we went outside and made an earthquake by shaking <laughs> the trailer and then came in and saw that it was destroyed, right? And, and so that was my mom just being creative with what she had to teach us about things. A little physics right there before mm-hmm. your very eyes, right? It was. So um, uh, 
I'm, I'm just wondering, before you came here to Grass Valley in Nevada County in the third grade, you were homeschooled. Uh, were you a good student? Uh, and did you you feel like your learning was, was as completed as it needed to be through that experience? Uh, I feel like I was a good student. You could ask my mom. She would probably <laughs> say the same thing. Uh, I mean, the things that we learned in homeschool were not uh, according to the canon, probably, of the typical uh, schooling. But... I learned to write, I learned to read, I learned math, you know, but they were done in creative ways. It wasn't just, we're going to learn math. It was, we're going to figure out how these rocks that are out in, you know, the, the field, if we take some away or we add some, how many are there now? I mean, that's how we learned. It wasn't necessarily in a textbook. Right. Um, And, and so for that, the creativity is really, I, I didn't even notice. I mean, when I came back to public school, when I had my first uh, day in public school, and I'm going, wow, this is what school is. It was completely different from what I was normally was used to. So, so, so tell us about that day. This was in 1987. You came to Grass Valley. You went to the start of the school year at Hennessy, I believe. And uh, tell us the, the story about that day coming to school. I mean, Keith, big day for me. You know, I mean, my whole life I've heard about these classrooms that had 30 people in them. I'm like, wow, wow. my same age, you know. And to go, to show up there early because I was excited. Showed up early, nobody's in the class, and all of the, this is in Hennessy School when Hennessy was open, Mr. Kerr's class was, was the teacher, and show up early, and he has all of the names on all the, the desks all the way through, and so I am searching for through, your name through the desks, looking for my name, not seeing it, not seeing it, getting to the end and going, Mom, am I in the right classroom? Is this me? You know, And he, Mr. Kerr had put me in a round table on the back of the class, that was reserved for, you know, the people that couldn't sit in the normal seats, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and I found, I found my name there, and I was, just, I was just so deflated, you know, just deflated. But, you know, starting, that, starting it out that way, it was, I, I was looked at different, as differently, right, because I was homeschooled. And, and Mr. Kerr, really, he told us later, you know, that he had thought that I was going to, because I was homeschooled, right. he had thought that I was going to be like a Helen Keller. Yeah, you maybe had some learning difficulty, disability or something like that, right? I mean, I don't fault him for that. I no. mean, homeschool wasn't a mainstream thing back then. Right. You know? But being different, I was ridiculed and made fun of. And, and I had, so I had a pretty tough first year um, in public school. Uh, fast forward, fast forwarding uh, into the future, I, I actually made friends and some of the people that were uh, bullies to me were my best friends later on. You well, know, at so. one point you said that took about three years. That I must did. have been a hard period of your life. It uh, was It was difficult, yes. What, what would you say you learned from that? Um, well, first of all, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I think that that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and I teach my kids, you know, every day to go and compliment folks, you know, talk about their, I mean, I drop them off. I'm the school bus every morning, right? Mm-hmm. I drop them off at school and I say, you know, give somebody a compliment, compliment their shoes, tell them, you know, help them to have a better day. Um, and I think that's what I kind of brought from that. Good. I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Rich Crosby. He's a broker, owner of Crosby Real Estate, contractor, and owner of Crosby Development. And he epitomizes the entrepreneur. We're going to get to that part of it. Uh, But he has an interesting background, and he cares very much about our community and the whole sages idea, the sages among us, that whole idea. Uh, So, Rich, you seem to have turned things around in your social life elementary and at Lyman Gilmore. And um, you seem to have had a really adventuresome eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C. with some rambunctious uh, classmates. So tell us a little bit about that. That was obviously the eighth grade, more or less the standard eighth grade, you know, get involved in civics and government, right? I mean, who, 
there, everybody's probably heard of these trips, and a lot of people have gone on these right. trips. I mean, it's an adventure. Hands hands down, probably the hardest thing to do as a teacher is to take, you know, 15 to 25 kids across country, you know. And so Mr. McGuigan was the teacher that took us there, you know, remember it fondly. Uh, and it, it, we were all over the place. I, I probably didn't pick up anything that I should have there. It was mostly rambunctiousness like you said you know <laughs> the trip uh, the, yeah the, the trip yes yeah well i'll bet you picked up something <laughs> you said that after that trip uh, you actually stayed on the east coast uh, and with a relative you describe a memorable experience when you stayed there you visited your father's relatives one evening at the old farm homestead at some distant relatives in south carolina you related what seems to have been a life-changing experience so tell us about that <laughs> Yeah, so after we're leaving Washington D.C., all my friends are going on to the into the airport, and I'm leaving and jumping in the car with my great aunt, and all my friends are going, "What are you doing, Rich?" You know, and so I left for a month long uh, adventure, meeting my father's family in in the South, and along the way, we had to stop overnight at a distant relative's uh, home in Virginia, and it was the quintessential Southern house, right? Uh, the the rock fireplace with the the um, the, the dilapidated you know uh, siding you know all old smells like smoke inside you know that kind of a thing and uh, I was really overwhelmed with it you know as a 13 year old the the gentleman who I was related to uh, he he came in and he was literally still working the fields and I I would say he was in his 80s and he came in. And he asked me to meet him on the back porch because he wanted to chat with the California kid. Yeah, know? right. Uh, and he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know. And I really hadn't thought about it. I was wanting to play baseball. That's what I wanted to do, you know. And he went on to explain to me the changes that he had seen in his life uh, from, you know, no cars, you know, traveling in, in buggies and, and on horses um, to no, no indoor plumbing and, uh, you know, not having TVs. And then he went down the line to say, now we have Internet, you know, and no. my mind is just, what really? are you talking about? You know, you, you've seen all of these things. And he goes, you're going to see more changes than I ever did. And at that point, I went, you're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you didn't you had a toilet outside. You know, I'm going to see more changes than you. And he gave me a little pearl of wisdom that really changed my life at that point. You know, he said, the way that you're going to support your family in all of this change you're going to see is you need to learn as much about as many things as you can rather than everything about one thing. Very simple, you yeah. know. And, and now that I think about it, I wish I would have asked him more questions <laughs> about that, you know. But that, but that changed my direction. It was a paradigm shift at 13. Well, it's pretty amazing that you were curious enough as a 13-year-old to listen even because you can imagine a lot of 13-year-olds sitting there being bored out of their head and wanting to go outside or do something else and not sit there and listen to an old person preaching. That's or talking. very true. Yeah, yes. so good for you. So how did that influence your life's direction, would you say? Well, I, I, I mean, I came back from the trip, um, and I did try out for the baseball team, but I ended up quitting mid-tryouts. Uh, uh, for for one reason or another, and I actually went and got a job <laughs> and started a pathway towards uh, you know where I am today. Okay. So you stated and you graduated in '97. You went down to Santa Cruz to study by yourself. You said uh, at, in community college, and you pursued a lot of your areas of interest. But you ended up at Sac State studying 
uh, geography. That's right. <laughs> yes, geography. Yeah, why? Well, uh, I, I did a few different majors. I was going to be a journalism major. I ran into philosophy, as a lot of people do in college, and was in, you know, enjoying that. Um, writing was something I was really uh, attracted to because I had teachers who said I could write, and I was just you know soaking that up. But uh, falling back to the advice that I received from you know my uh, great uncle, you know, to learn as much about everything as I can. Geography is a broad, has a broad spectrum of, of, uh, of criteria, right? You learn in geography, you learn processes that the earth does, not only with rain and erosion, but also cultural stuff and, you know, how transit works. I mean, all of these things. And so I was just really drawn to all this, this gamut that the earth has uh, to offer. And, uh, and it got me through school. It sounds like you could describe yourself as a polymath. Many, many interests. <laughs> many interests. Now, the, down, I, I the downside of that is uh, you, come, you probably have time uh, commitment problems from time to time, I would guess. Well, that is correct. <laughs> yes, there's, there's only so much time in the, in the, in the day. So. All right. Well, you did graduate from Sac State, and uh, you, you gave me a list of things that you did after that. You collected a lot of very eclectic experiences in fields such as transportation, planning, construction, snowboard instructing, the restaurant business, mortgage sales, car rentals, and real estate. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. You know, what did you enjoy most about all of that, and what did you not um, enjoy as much? Well, if I were to put myself back at Hertz Rental Car at 7.30 in the morning washing cars, I would say I didn't really enjoy that much. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? But if I were to fast forward to today and grab little bits of information or, or skills that I, I had from all of these jobs, uh, it's made me who I am today. You know, when you're a restaurant worker, you need to know how to multitask and you need to approach when you're waiting tables, you need to approach a table and you need to within three to eight seconds connect with the table because you're going to be with them throughout their dinner. Right? right. And and as a waiter and bartender and everybody out there can attest to this, you know, we're trying to make their experience amazing so that they'll tip us a little bit more. You know, our early wage is one thing, but the tips are really what pay. Right. right? And so just that experience that being able to connect with people very quickly, you know, has brought me down the sales line, you know, in many aspects and, and you know, brought me to where I'm today. So all of those little bits that I've learned um, has brought me to where I'm at. So somewhere between the Hertz counter and snowboarding instruction, whatever you were doing that, you found the time to court and woo Kim, uh, and you now have two kids. So what was uh, what what was your entrepreneurial spirit? Your your uh, I'll call you um, what a, a bit of a wanderer maybe, or at least are you dreamer? Were, Can dreamer? we go with dreamer? Yeah. How, how did that work out? Settling down with a wife and kids. Well, first of all, I had to. Meet my wife, which was at a concert called at the Presidents of the United States of America, and I had to give her the one line, which was, are you approachable? So that she could look at me and say, wow, this guy has potential. <laughs> and then all I needed was somebody to tell me that I had that potential. And that's what has you know, given me the confidence you know, to get to where we are today you know, as a couple. So. So, but there, there was a change in your life, would you say? I mean, that, that must have marked uh, a different way of, um, of, of being uh, on a daily basis. Uh, yes. I mean, if I definitely. I got into an accident snowboarding when I was an instructor in Montana and hurt my back really bad. Had to come back, unfortunately. Um, and if that had not had happened, Keith, I'll tell you, I'd be on a different path, really? an entirely different path. Yeah, because I was on the adventure 
path. So yeah, I got was reading that into all of those. Yeah, yeah. sure. And and uh, and I have friends that went down that path for a long time. And I mean, it, it was amazing. But I got hurt. I had to come back. And when I met Kim, she was working towards being a physical therapist, which is a God thing, mm, you know, yeah. for her to see me and, and not know that I was hurt, but see the potential in me uh, and, and just in that one moment and then actually heal me. Um, through through physical therapy and exercise, you know, to the point of going, Rich, you cannot sit on this couch anymore. You have to get up and walk, you know, and that's what I needed to hear. And I needed to get off the pain medication. And, you know, she 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 saved my life that way. Keith. Really? Would you say she gave you some emotional healing as well? Um, well, of course, women do that, right? Yeah, us guys, yeah, we, don't, just, we don't like to talk hey, much. It's Valentine's right? Day. I'm giving you the opportunity Th- here. Thank you for that, Keith. And yes, honey, you, you definitely gave me that emotional ability. Yes, thank you. So I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Rich Crosby. He's a broker, owner of Crosby Real Estate, contractor, owner of Crosby Development. He epitomizes the role of entrepreneur. And we're just now talking about how his life shifted a little bit from the kind of the wild and crazy uh, adventure side to uh, settling down with family and, uh, and caring more and getting more involved maybe right here in this community. And to that point, uh, 2015 found you and your family back in Grass Valley. Did coming home to Nevada County for you, did it have anything to do with how you wanted to raise your kids? Or were there other reasons that brought you here? I just wanted to get out of Sacramento. Ah. You know, I mean, I was tired of just turning... 90 degrees in my car. I wanted some roads that actually turned and curved, <laughs> you know, and, and to bring my wife up here and she could see how beautiful it was. She's from the Porterville area um, and the foothills above Porterville and, and we weren't going to move there. So I was glad that she was moving here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but this is home, you know, this is yeah. where I grew up. So it's, it's comfortable. And for me to get into the business that I'm in, you know, doing it in hometown has been amazing. That's great. Yeah. Surely my wife's from Mount Shasta. So we ended up settling here too. So, <laughs> so I you know what how I mean. That, how that works out. Right. <laughs> Hey, Rich, I want to come back to a couple of personal questions for a minute. Uh, is there an accomplishment or role in your life that you're especially proud of or pleased with? I mean, it's being a father. Yeah. You know, um, having Addison and Jaden in my life uh, is the, the biggest accomplishment, the best accomplishment, the hardest thing, you know, to, to do as well, but the best thing to do. I, I, I say uh, that would probably be, be it. All right, let me ask you the converse question. Anything in your life you'd care to share about that, in retrospect, you'd do differently if you could do it all over again? I'd have, I'd have met my uncle at 12, maybe. <laughs> I think, Started early. Yeah, no, well, I think really if I would have – I think it would have been amazing to get uh, an understanding on how money works earlier. Yeah. You know, that, I think that that's, that's something – I mean, I still don't know how it works 100%. I'm still learning every day. But I, I, I feel like if I could have understood how to use money as a tool a lot earlier – um, I'd be better off. I'd be a lot farther along in, in what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, on that topic, uh, tell us a bit about the business ventures that you now operate, and how how do they connect with your interest in um, in in helping people, mentoring people, and, mm. and improving the community? Yeah, helping people. Well, I'm so I'm a broker of Crosby Real Estate. Um, I have 11 agents that work under the brokerage. Four of them are full time. Uh, including myself. I'm going to throw myself in there. Uh, and us four have hit masters this year. All four of the full-time agents uh, working for the brokerage hit masters with the uh, um, the association this year, which is a huge accomplishment. I'm really proud of my team for doing that. What what what, what roughly, I mean, in, in, in quick words, what's yep. the criteria for yep. masters? So it's, it's a volume thing. So yeah. it's, a, it's a number of transactions and it's the, uh, the amount of money volume that you sell. Uh, and so once you hit that threshold, then you're able to go to a, a 
uh, it's a dinner and you get a, a right. an award and and such. And so this will be my seventh year uh, in a row of doing that. Uh, but for my team now to hit it, all of us hit it at once. Um, even in a year that's really down too. Right. Twenty twenty three was was real low. Uh, I'm just I can't say it enough. I'm super proud of 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 how they've done that. Okay. So, um, but. So to, next to your point, you know, I also have a construction company, um, Crosby Development. That is uh, a, a company that I use to flip houses. I, I buy houses and remodel and, and resell them. Um, I only work for myself, which is a very unique situation. I, even though I am a contractor, I never bid work. I don't, you know, do jobs for anybody else. It's only for myself. So just to be clear, you would buy a house, you would refurbish it, remodel it, whatever, and then sell it on. That's and, and, and so you would do all that refurbishment, remodeling. That's yourself? correct. Myself, my team, you know, and, yeah. and subs. I mean, I have yeah. I have a great team that that has been doing it for you know a couple of years with me, and they're. Uh, they're really they know what they're doing now it's it's gotten to that level and i'm really happy to uh to show them how this works this this house flipping yeah so rich why is being engaged in the community important to you personally what do you get back from your return of uh, time and energy in in um, in helping improve the community well i mean i'm in sales uh and when you're when you're in sales you're trying to figure out what what a problem what what somebody has is a problem, what problem somebody has, right? Yep. And so the housing just happens to be a pretty big problem for people. Indeed. You know, and to be able to listen, ask some questions and listen and understand where they're trying to get in their life as far as, you know, real estate is concerned, and then helping them get there, right? Putting a business plan together uh, and then helping them get, get there is the most rewarding thing I've ever been able to do uh, professionally. And, and I really teach my agents that too. It's, it's about understanding where they want to get to and helping them get there as quickly as possible. Not only get there, but thrive there. But thrive, right? I mean, we, we can't just get there. We need to set people up for success, right? So yeah, that's, I think that that's the most, the most rewarding part. Um, you're an active Christian. You're very involved in your church. Tell us what that means to you. Well, you know, Christianity is a very important part of my life. Uh, it's a very personal thing. Um, you know, when I went to the Lord uh, years ago, uh, you know, I felt Him in my in my body and in my mind and in my soul, and and it's changed my life. You know, that was another thing that Kim brought me to to church when when I met her. She said, really? "Well, if we're gonna hang out, you gotta come. You, 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 you gotta, gotta go to church." Oh, and by the way, there's a Bible study that I go to too. You know, and it's like, well, I like you, and I'll go do this. And, you know, it just, it changed my life. You was, know, was, so. th- was there a moment that was really a, 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 a big thing or was this a gradual process? Oh, no. Well, it was a gradual process. There was heated moments. I'm a geographer. I like processes. I look at things and I go, there's no way that that erosion happened, you know, in seven days, right? <laughs> right? Like or six days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no, but uh, the process of, of understanding what the, the, the Bible teaches us and, you know, what God's done for this earth was a gradual thing. And then all of a sudden I'm standing in the front of the church with all hands on me, you know, praying on me. And I don't know how I got from my seat to the front and I'm feeling the Lord in my body, you know, and, uh, I was changed from then on. And, and it's such a personal thing. You know, you, you can't, you can't, I can't tell you, Keith, you know, well, you, you should, you should follow the, the Lord, right? It's, right. you got to feel that, you know? And, and so I did, and it was amazing. 
So I know that you're now a student, a participant, I should say, in NCCLI. That's the Nevada County Community Leadership Institute, which I think is an incredibly good program. Uh, tell us how you're experiencing that and if you find it helpful in understanding the community. It's, it's been amazing. My mom was actually in the in the one of the first ones back in the, uh, the late 90s, and I didn't know that until I was actually in the class. But to meet all these people, the fixtures in our community, uh, and, and understand where they're coming from, and also seeing that my age group is actually running a lot of what the community is doing was amazing to see you know um and then also connecting with folks that i i do i do a lot of things professionally that they do so we can come together and, and talk and, and see how we can help each other. Uh, you know, Lori, who's who's the one, you know, the director of it. That's Lori Burkhart Frank, yes. She's amazing. She's also I, a broadcaster here. I, I ran into her. She was really excited to hear I was going to come on to the radio. Yeah, cool. uh, anyway, it really has been a, a, a blessing to be able to go through this program. Well, we've got just a couple of minutes left, but let's talk about our community more broadly. I think among the great assets here are the number of accomplished professionals and activists and artists. They choose to live here instead of someplace else where they might make more money or be in part of a bigger pond. Uh, and I think that absolutely includes you. Why do you think that's true for this community? Um, and you think there's anything we can do for this community to kind of enhance that and, and further that process? Well, I mean, everybody who lives in this community knows that it's special. Uh, and anybody that comes to travel or to, to visit here, you know, they a lot of them want to move here. And, uh, you know, for us to live somewhere that people come and vacation is is awesome. It's, it's amazing to, to, to be here. And so I think that, you know, keeping up with the natural uh, aspects of the of the community, uh, you know, the Yuba River uh, is, is a big draw. And, uh, you know, the, the community members that are going out there and making sure that these things are running, you know, clean and and kept up and, and all that, you know, as well as the art. I mean, we could go on and on, Keith, right? You yeah, know, absolutely. The, the art scene here is. Uh, is huge. My son is an actor and he's, really? you know, he's moving up into it as well. So oh, cool. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're enjoying the community. What's your favorite part about being here? In Nevada yeah, County? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's my family, friends. It's being connected. You know, I mean, I can drive around and have all the memories of, of me growing up here <laughs> and I can teach them to my kids. It's amazing. All right. I'm Keith Porter. My guest has been Rich Crosby. He's a broker, owner of Crosby Real Estate, contractor, owner of Crosby Development. He epitomizes the role of entrepreneur and somebody that's getting very involved in our community. To learn more about civic engagement or to get your copy of the book, The Sages Among Us, Harnessing the Power of Civic Engagement, which was kind of the thing that got this whole program started, contact the Center for Nonprofit Leadership at cnlsierra.org. And join us every Wednesday at 6 o'clock for The Sages Among Us. Next week, host Lori Burkhart-Frank will interview her guest, Sean Grayson, who is the city manager of Nevada City. Thanks for joining us, and thanks so much for everything you do to make your community great. And Rich, thank you very much for being my guest this evening. It's my a pleasure, Keith. Thanks for what you do as well, uh, broadcasting this each week and everybody else who's on the show. 